Good afternoon, good evening, good morning for some of you. Welcome to our Zoom Big Book Workshop. Please join me in prayer for an open mind. God, please set aside everything that I think I know about myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and you for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, the 12 steps, and especially you. Please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I don't believe I introduced myself. I'm Herb. I'm an alcoholic. And um, we've been looking at column three, and the prayer for the removal of deep resentment. We've been working with each person to confirm and to clarify their work in the third column. I think it's important to spend another workshop on that so that everybody has had their turn to explore their own work and to confirm and to clarify their own work with regard to unpacking the third column. I'd like to move on next week to unpack the fourth column. It's the paragraph, the final paragraph on resentment inventory on page 67. It's really straightforward. It has five questions in it. You've probably looked at it before. The primary question is num the final question number five, but each of them are a variation of selfishness and self-centeredness. It says referring to our list again. What list is that? It's the same list that we looked at and were referred to when we looked at our deep resentment, looking for uh, the entire list of the third column and looking for the deep resentments. Not every one of them are deep resentments. Some of them are medium and some of them are shallow. Bill recognizes that the very deep ones we're powerless over and need prayer. So it's referring to this same third column list again and encouraging us to <clears throat> look at it from a different angle, which was in fact what we looked at in the prayer instructions. Putting out of our minds the wrongs others had done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Now I've given the questions their own sentence and I've ordered them differently that's in the book. The book doesn't have any definitions and it doesn't tell us what to do with it except to ask the questions. I'm not only giving you 
each one of those words in a separate sentence. I'm giving definitions in the way of life document in column four. The assignment is really assignment 14. And I want you to just take a look at that and also to go and read and highlight in light of my comments, that paragraph that I'm reviewing right now, it's very short. And then to take a look at the column four worksheet. Many of you have already done that. Some of you have had lots of experience with it because you've been in prior workshops or you've worked with a steps guide or a sponsor beforehand with the fourth column. I hope that it's intuitive and that you and it's intelligible. That's the intent uh, as a standalone document. That's why the definitions have been refined over time, hopefully to be as clear as and effective as they're intended to be. But next week I'll go over the fourth column with a personal example. And meanwhile, you could listen to one if you wanted to on the um, website so that you would have some ideas to the experience of completing it. But I would like you to take a look at it and, and make an effort to complete it on your own. You've got enough experience with the third column to look at it and read those directions and try to interpret them. It'll make the explanation uh, or exposition of my own experience with the fourth column much more intelligible to you if you've had a chance to look at the fourth column, to read it, to understand it, and to perhaps try to fill it out or struggle with it. So the first question there is where we've been selfish, and there's another word, self-seeking. As I mentioned, he doesn't give us the definition. I do, I make a distinction between self-seeking and selfish. Self-seeking is behavior. And I moved it to number one question on that worksheet because it's easier to look at behavior, action. How do the feet move? Than it is to look at motives, which is at least my approach to the word selfish. What am I thinking? What are my motives? Dishonest is very straightforward. I'm misrepresenting myself either by commission or omission. Sometimes when we don't say something, we're lying. We allow others to believe the truth. Or in fact, it might even be denial, our own denial, where we're consciously or unconsciously suppressing or repressing. There's a difference, subtle, the truth about the reality that we don't want to look at. And then we go on. And you remember on page um, 62, Bill said, selfishness dash self-centeredness, exclamation point. That is the root of the trouble. Well, that's the how this paragraph is composed. He's giving us five different facets of the diamond of self-centeredness. So underneath the each word is self. Self-seeking and selfish, very straightforward. Dishonest. That's a survival mechanism, protecting myself. Fear, that's a protective mechanism, protecting myself. Though a situation had not been entirely our fault, we're looking at our mistakes there, fault. 
we tried to, to disregard the other person involved entirely. So we're not looking at circumstances and people. We're not looking at anything coming toward us. We're looking inside of ourselves for the source of our reaction that has created our resentment. And the final question, where are we to blame? Well, I don't like the word blame. I think it's got a negative connotation these days. It might have had a reasonable connotation in 1939 when the book was written. But today with our psychological sophistication, I think it's much better word to use. Where am I responsible or what is my role? Notice it doesn't say any place in this paragraph, what is my part? One of the things I discovered as I was completing this column four inventory is that I do not have a part in my resentment. I do not have a part in my resentment. I have the whole thing, not a part, a hundred percent. My resentment is never caused by people and circumstances. My resentment is always caused by my reaction to people and circumstances. That is not a subtle difference. People and circumstances cannot make me mad, cannot make me angry. They can do what they do, and sometimes it's really crappy, sometimes it's tragic, sometimes it's even criminal what they do or circumstances come together to impact us. But that's not the problem. The problem is never circumstances and people in this discussion. It's my reaction to circumstances and people is the problem. Where are we to blame? Where are we responsible? The inventory is ours, not the other person's. When we saw our faults, so he says, uh, faults and mistakes he looks he looks at here when we saw our faults we listed them we placed them before us in black and white again reinforcing that this is a pen and paper exercise not a thinking not a feeling not a talking but a pen and paper writing it out we admitted our wrongs another synonym for faults and mistakes we admitted these things honestly and were willing to set these matters straight. A signal to the eighth step, where in the eighth step it says, we made a list of the people we harmed. We did so when we took inventory. That's why some of those questions are in the fourth column, uh, uh, resentment inventory. That worksheet has references to fears. It has references to character defects. It has references to harm done. Also that we can take a look at the source inside ourselves of our reaction, our unhealthy reaction to external circumstances and people. Column four was pivotal for me in my very first journey through the steps when I was four years sober in 1988. I didn't know it at the time. As I mentioned earlier, when we were beginning to look at column three, the man gave me basically a uh, 
checkbox approach to column three, which I had no experience with, but he gave me really good direction. The direction that I'm beginning to give you now in that paragraph and I'll complete in the next week when we unpack column four as with an example. After I had finished my steps, when I look back on that, I saw was the beginning of my spiritual awakening by my standards. That was the beginning of my experience that I am 100% responsible for my life, for my thinking, for my perceptions, for my emotions, and for my actions. I mean, I was 48 years old and for the very first time becoming aware that I'm responsible for my life. It was embarrassing to see that I had been so delusional and so mistaken in the way I had led my life up to that point. But you can't see what you can't see and you don't know until you do know. And when I look back on it, I'm very humbled by that, but also very grateful for the change that it was able to create in my life when I began to see reality as it is, and then to react in a more healthy way, taking full responsibility for those thoughts and those feelings and those actions and reactions. So I'd like to uh, go over with you column three at this point, and um, I'll call on some names as usual. When I resent mom for being emotionally unavailable and neglectful, self-esteem is uh, I'm an affectionate, nurturing, and always present, resilient, single mother of three. My fear is that I'm actually a bad mother. Um, pride. Um, I would like people to see my mom treating me like she truly cares, talking about my accomplishments with genuine interest and love. Um, my fear is that she'll never comprehend or care. Um, my ambition, what do I want? Uh, I want my mom to get off of autopilot and be present. Um, brunches, weekend getaways, shopping, conversations, just normal. Um, my fear is nothing will change in our relationship. Security, what do I need in order to be okay? Uh, I need a mother who shows love and teaches me how to love my kids. Why? Um, I don't know how to mother my kids. My fear is that I will never be the mother my kids need and the cycle will repeat. Personal relationships, um, I expect moms to be selfless, caring, of service, intuitive about their children's needs. My fear is that I'm not. Um, my belief about men, this is kind of, I think, father men. Uh, they are of service to those around them, calm, intelligent, caring for children, even tempered. Um, my fear is that my kids will never have a man like this in their life. Uh, what women should be, uh, independent, provide financially, present for children, always preparing children for the future, nurturing, strong, and homemakers. My fear is that I am not any of that. Um, 
my effective value is, um, I was a little confused on this one. It's my emotional security and nothing should interfere with my desire to be a perfect mother. Um, my fear is that the cycle will repeat with my mother. Yeah, yeah. So um, as you wrote it out, and now as you read it out, you're very clear with it in terms of the way it was written. What's your uh, sense of your beliefs? Um, I mean, I'm perfectionistic, right? I want to be perfect. Um, and perhaps I'm holding my mom to the same standard, which is not fair. Oh, well, those are two different insights then, aren't they? I mean, the way you phrased it is that your view of yourself as possibly perfectionistic, I heard, I think you put it in the context that you didn't think that that's a very healthy standard for yourself. Right. Yeah. And then you suspect that you might hold that standard for your mother. And you also suspect that that's not a healthy standard. Right. So what you're doing is you're saying, oh, these are the things that I actually do believe. I've operated emotionally and physically on these beliefs, both with regard to my mother and with regard to myself. And they're not real. Right. So from my standpoint, had you ever had that thought before? Um, I have, but I still have it. I still expect it. So how do I stop wanting to be perfect? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, do you want to stop? Yeah. Okay. It a lot of uh, unmanageability. A lot of pressure that's unnecessary. That's right. All right. So the real answer to the question has many parts to it. Number one, do the fourth column to see what your motives are for holding that standard. Because this part is about your beliefs. The fourth column is about your motives. Then when you get to the fifth step, you will deepen your experience with how unhelpful it is to you and everybody else around you. And that might be helpful to you. But in the sixth and seventh step, you will have a tool in the seventh step to begin a prayer practice and perhaps an accountability practice that will help you have that character defect diminished. I'm, uh, I'm using my words very carefully there because we're powerless over our character defect. You can acknowledge it, but you can't do anything about it other than Number one, want it to be diminished and removed and pray for it. But I added another co component to the sixth and seventh step, which is accountability, where I would talk to my step guide on a daily basis with regard to my behavior, with respect to that character defect. And you'll hear it later on in more detail, but my experience was that the behavior connected to the character defects stopped. The behavior stopped within 24 hours. But the inclination to the character defect didn't stop for two years. Wow. I know, wow. <laughs> well, and I'm saying it to reinforce that this is very slow stuff. Although the behavior was what I really wanted to stop because that was wrecking my life. I was very glad to have the inclination removed after some time because in fact, it made life a lot smoother. Yeah, all right. So um, 
And then when you finish your ninth step, of course, you're given another level of freedom. You said perfectionism. And what else did you see as your belief? Um, sorry, I don't remember. Well, it would have something to do with your not being enough with your kids. And it sounded to me like in your tone and in your words and in your approach that you're probably a pretty damn good mother. I, I don't know why I got that, but it was underneath sort of the resonance of what you were saying. Um, so is your evaluation of your, how old are your children? Um, 10, eight and seven. Okay, so you've, you've been with them a while. They've been with you for a while. Um, a realistic sense, what is your appraisal of the health of your children? of um, uh, emotional, mental health? Um, well, um, I, I had them when I, I had my first when I was 20 and I was in a physically abusive relationship. Their father abused me and them. So I think that's my problem is I carry that thing, knowing I allowed that to happen for eight years. Mm. So I think that's what it is. Okay. And, and so do you see any manifestations of trouble in your kids? Um, no, not really. Not, not no. since I've had them, but I do have the fear. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Your concern is probably warranted uh, at some level, but not at the level probably that you have it. Those are my thoughts on it. Um, what, what is your overall experience then with the third column so far? Um, combined with all the ones I've done, I mean, it was very enjoyable when I got to do the whole stage thing, especially with significant others. I mean, just to see what I really believed, you know, uh, that was eye-opening. So I, I really liked it. It's, it's taken down a lot of my ego um, to see it, but my sense is that it'll also take some of the air out of the balloon of your perfectionism and make it a little bit more tolerable. Right. And it has, it has. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks very much. There's two incidences from my childhood that bother me. My mother was the alcoholic um, narcissist clinically and so my dad was the hero, right? And so here it is coming out the truth about daddy. Um, okay, when I resent, and I'm writing this, and this is kind of why I'm reading this one is that I'm writing it from the guise of the, I guess, I don't know, six, seven, eight-year-old girl that I was, okay? Is that, I'm assuming that's, I think I recall you saying that's what we're supposed to do. Well, um, let me, uh, first of all, it's a memory that you have when you're eight or so, but do you currently have the resentment? Um, not actively. I mean, it, it's something that when I talk about my dad and anything that any issues with my dad, that's one. And so it, it's like, it's the pebble on the shoe. Got it. Yeah. So, so it's I, irritation. Yeah. So that I'm referencing what you had said about, yeah. I don't know, the third time you did this or something like, if it's not a glaring resentment, it's like the um, irritations or yeah. I forget the word. Annoyance. Annoyance. Right. And so I thought I need to write about, and it was right. very revealing to me. 
Good, excellent. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we've clarified it. Okay, so what's yeah. your self-esteem? So, um, so I guess I'm asking you before I tell you that to act, to correct me if when I was writing it from the guise of an eight-year-old girl, if there's something that could be changed because of that approach. Okay, my self-esteem is I'm gonna. Oh well, the it's the I'm resenting him for being nice to my sister and I. We were grounded and we broke the grounding, and he's he came home early and found us but and we thought oh he was all nice to us we thought oh we got off the hook but then um he he told my mom and we got an even worse grounding um and yes every time i think of it it grates just a little um my self-esteem is that i'm an adorable sweet kid who knows how and likes to play in many ways and my fear is that i'm a fool because i got caught um Others should see that my dad treats me as a wonderful, young, enthusiastic girl deserving of either truth or grace on the spot. And my fear is that I'm not safe with dad. I can't be me and trust I'll be taken care of appropriately. Ambition. I want a dad to have the courage to fill the shoes of his God-given authority so I can trust him. My fear is I never know who I'm dealing with. Um, security. Um, I need a dad who is consistent. Why? So I always know I can count on him. My fear is I cannot count on him, so I am alone. Personal relations, I expect dads to protect, care for, model good principles to their children. My fear is I wasn't worth it or I would have had this. Sex relations, a real man should do the right thing regardless of his feelings and um, my fear is that men look tough, but inside are wimps like my dad. Um, a real woman should always do what is best for the child in how she disciplines, not be so strict and where there's no love or grace. And my fear is that women have no ability to act on principle and do the right thing. They're either too strict or too heartfelt. Um, what is my value? Nothing should interfere with lessen my parental security, like my security in with my parent, my parent, like that I received from my parent, my dollars in therapy. And I, this is my, I wrote down my development, my, like my development as a kid, my human development security. And, um, and I wrote down, I'm missing something I need because I didn't have this. I couldn't trust either one of my parents at a core level. And that's what that revealed. That's what that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a, a question that struck me as you were reading it back in ambition. And it's about now your, your current ambition concerning this particular feeling, this particular annoyance, this particular irritation. Mm -hmm. What, what do you want now? Oh, um, well, my dad's deceased, so it doesn't matter. No, but your but your irritation hasn't. Oh, I want to accept him as he is. Right. He's not. He got too much pressure. You know how you get you make the Al-Anon person God sure. because you know the other one's a mess, <laughs> and so I want to accept him and love him as he is, which I thought I did. Yeah, yeah. I do in many ways. Yeah. Well, my ambition is to accept my father as he was and to have this irritation, this 
this slight negative shudder in me go away. Yeah. 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 Good. And so does it resonate at all with any uh, or, or uh, stimulate any thoughts about a belief about men, for instance, for you that resonates in terms of an echo in your life? Go ahead. Imagine that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Well, yeah. And that's what was poignant to me because um, something like that just happened um, with my husband. Very, very um, much more minor because we do, I, I do trust him. And he is a, according to my definition, a true, you know, he does stand on principle and I, he's trustworthy that way. And yet there was, um, yes, it does. It is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, 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 it taints the lenses through which we look because it's part of our history until we deal with it, surfacing it, even as an irritation. Um, so good. Yeah. I mean, I don't see my husband as a wimp. It's not like no, that. No, no. What yeah. about your relationships with other men? In terms of that principle? In terms of what we're talking about, sure. Um, I don't expect them. That's why I didn't want to read it to all the other men on this <laughs> meeting, because I don't expect other men to be perfect. I mean, through meetings and stuff, I really, I hear the hearts of men and I, I embrace their imperfection. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was looking to my dad to be God. Yeah. Kid. Right. Sure. Right. So as, as my husband as well, I don't expect him to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. So it's different in that respect from a little kid to an adult woman. Um, I've grown up that way a little. Yeah. 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 One of the advantages of this workshop is that it brings together not only men and women, but people from different addictions so that the alcoholic can hear the Al-Anon, the Al-Anon can hear the alcoholic and all of the other addiction people can hear the, not only the differences, but more especially the similarities to really say, well, although it's an addiction and it's an abnormality and it's a disease, it's still pretty normal within the whole scope of humanity. Mm -hmm. I I have a psychology question to ask you. I I think that because my dad, I mean, my mother in her narcissism is still, you know, rolling that out to this day, even though she's been sober, um, well, AA 10 years and then without AA, the rest of the time, 40 years. And I don't think I was ready to see this about my dad because I've held on to that little girl thing like, oh yeah, my dad is my hero. I said that at his funeral, at his eulogy. And I don't think I was ready. I mean, now as I read it, I'm like, oh yeah, my dad, you know, is a human being. Of course he wasn't perfect. I couldn't see it. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't embrace that until now. I don't know if that's, is that realistic? Um, it's your experience. So it's just what it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good answer. (laughs) Yeah. It's just, I mean, I, we don't need to judge it. It's just what your experience is. Um, my, the word I use for experiences like that is I'm in a constant thaw. Mm -hmm. 
And as I get emotionally more mature, spiritually more mature, I thaw out enough to be able to see some stuff that I wasn't able to see beforehand. And I, I don't know whether that's the case with you, but it sounds very similar. It does. Well, you know, adult children, alcoholics are always saying, is that normal? Is that normal? Am I normal? Am I normal? <laughs> because we <laughs> don't have any reference point. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, you're asking what's normal? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good. I'm glad you got a sense of humor there, right? I do, yes. Right. God's given that back to me. Thank Thanks. you so much, Herb. So now you have a resentment, though, that you're sort of toying with in your hand on a third column. Yes. Right? What's yes. the resentment? Um, an old sponsor, when I resent Darren for saying that I don't need to see a psychologist because if I do a fourth step, it'll all work out. All right. I understand that. So you have a resentment toward that statement. I would too, by the way, <laughs> because that's a revelation of ignorance. But be that as it may, um, did you write down your self-esteem? My self-esteem, my deep belief about who I am. I am capable of recovery. I am strong enough to work through. I'm a survivor. I have proven that I can do this. All right. And what's your fear? What did you write? My fear is that I could relapse. Okay. All right. Legitimate. Very good. Did you write pride there? Anything for pride? that I can recover, um, others should see me, treating me as that I can recover, I have faith in, have faith that I can recover and stop doubting me. All right, and your fear? My fear is that they can't see that and they don't have faith in what I can do. All right, very reasonable. Did you write down something for ambition? Ambition, what do I want to happen to heal and fully recover? And your fear is? My fear is it's going, my fear is it's a lot of work. All right. And security, what do you need and why? Did you write something? I need to be believed that I can do this. Why? So I can have security in my relationship. All right. All right. Uh, fear. I didn't have a fear for that one. What comes up as we're talking? What do you, when you're. Mm -hmm. That I'm not believed. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, personal relations. Did you write something there? Okay. Yes, I did. I expect Darren to have taken me through the steps and not give me advice on mental health. All right. That's a very sound reasoning and expectation. And your fear is? Well, my fear is that he didn't do that. He's no longer my sponsor. So I didn't actually do a fear for that either. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, in terms of gender, what is your model or vision of? your belief about sponsors, for instance? I believe that sponsors 
should take you through the 12 steps to the best of their ability, should not get involved in situations of personal relationships and give advice on mental health and relationships where they are not qualified. I believe that if overstepping those boundaries, they could do more harm than good, which I have found by personal experience. Okay, so what did you write there then in the gender sex uh, question? Oh, uh, look, what do I believe about a man? I believe a man should be a provider, loving, caring, look after his family. All right, all right, and your fear? My fear is that I will struggle to provide financially. All right, all right, pocketbook. Mm-hmm. What did pocketbook? you pocketbook? Mm -hmm. I didn't get to pocketbook, no. Okay, so you completed pretty much the worksheet. Yeah. But it took me a lot of work to get you to read it. Yeah. What was that about? I don't know, Herb. I just didn't, I've been yes, putting it off. No, wait, wait, wait. You oh, look, because it's free. Okay, what I was thinking, because I was talking about a sponsor and... I've been receiving like sort of a, I'm a bit on the fence with sponsorship. I've had a couple of bad experiences and I'm sort of told if you don't have a sponsor, you're going to relapse. If you don't go to meetings, you're going to relapse and all that sort of yeah. um, pressure, which I don't fully believe in. Well, it sounds to me like you have really good common sense. You have really good instincts. So you really do need to trust yourself. Thank you. Yeah, because your instincts on his advice was, from my standpoint, right on the money, that he was stepping outside of his area of responsibility and, in fact, was dead wrong. And there was another incident with the same person, which another resentment. Yeah. He said that I don't deserve to be with my partner after hearing a fifth step. And that's again, you you made you made note of that there in your relationship comment. So yeah. that's another yeah. very common sense insight. Um, at and at your level of 12, 18 months of uh, recovery, I mean that's really good. You can actually you got a really solid platform there. Um, but it, it's curious that you had such little confidence in what you wrote, you actually were not going to read what you wrote until I sort of coached you into the canyon. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, all right, just, you did a really good job. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ed. Yeah. It's okay. You can have confidence in your thoughts. You can have confidence in your feeling. You can have confidence in the work that you're doing from the way I, I've interacted with you. All right. No, thank you, Hat. Yeah. All right. Anyway, um, so I did write about myself, and um, and I said when I resent myself for being hard on myself and disliking myself, um, it interferes with my self-esteem. And my belief about who I am, my deep belief is that I'm a precious and beautiful person with many beautiful qualities and assets. But the fear is that I don't like myself. And I wrote the word hate in the sense that I really, I just so pray for transformation because I see through this process that you call soul surgery 
And it's like when you get surgery, it's a one day surgery usually, but I feel like this is like long-term surgery. Yeah. I'm really in that, in the middle of it. Um, and it's so evident. It's like this stuff is so in my face and I feel it and it hurts. It hurts to see it. Um, pride. How do I want other people to see myself treating myself? You know, and I said, well, um, with compassion, a sense of humor, like a lightness almost, tenderness and acceptance. The fear is I can't accept myself. I have such a difficult time and I want to, I want to accept all parts of myself. Now, the ambition, and this is my first time doing this part, uh, I want to be at peace with myself and to be able to accept reality as it is and be comfortable with it. Like, um, the fear is I'll never be at peace with myself. Um, security. What do I need in order to be okay? Well, I need to love and accept every part of me because then if I'm for me, who can be against me? In other words, you know, it, it comes down to just radical acceptance, I guess. Um, personal relations. How do I accept, uh, expect this relationship should be? Uh, again, I said I expect to be at peace with myself and comfortable with all of me. I didn't write a fear for that one. And then as... Well, say, say it again and then just give me a spontaneous fear. Okay, to be at peace with myself. I'll never be at peace with myself. Yeah, same message. Exactly. Okay. And then... The sex one, I, I've done this during the workshop as I was listening. What came up was not so much women, but the an ideal conscious person yep. should be strong, self-confident, and secure in themselves and in God's love. Like just just know that with yep. no doubt, you know, I am so loved and things are okay as they are. Yep. And the fear is I'm not whole. Yep. And pocketbook, again, nothing should interfere with peace of mind and joy of living. And the fear is I will always feel disturbed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're very clear in terms of the way you navigated it. You know, and, and it's the most difficult one because it's so subjective. As you wrote it out and now as you've expressed yeah. it out loud, what's your experience with it? Well, I guess my experience is that I just, I feel it. I feel what I wrote. I feel it. And what is it that you feel? I just experience all these things that I wrote down. They're so... I feel my frustration at yep. being this way. Yeah. I feel so frustrated. Yeah. And I um and I don't know how to say this but you know I have a prayer practice daily. I pray, I do my best, the best I can consciously. Yeah. And I wish as I told my husband I said I wish that I could be instantly healed. Yes, 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 yes. Here, uh, here, here, you know, here. Here's the thing that's coming to me. 
I should be better than this. Yeah. Yeah. And I just pray so much, Herb, that I may be healed of this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. All right. Um, do you see perhaps, though, that that's, you're not in accept, radical acceptance of who you are? I should I, be better yeah. than this is a hammer over your head at all times because you're never going to be the perfect saint that you aspire to be. I know, but I still want to be able to accept, you know? Well, that's the key, isn't it? And I love the term radical acceptance. I think that's the name of a book. I don't Yeah, from Brock. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Have you read it? Um, no, no, but I do listen to terrible. <laughs> I do want to say this, and I know you'll understand because I um, you know, I've done work with the Enneagram. Mm -hmm. It's very much the one in me. I'm both a one and a two, but boy, I'm more of a one than a two, and it's like the the jury. Yeah. The panel, but it's see, all in fact. But you see, that's an interesting information, but it's not an excuse and it's not no. a condemnation. You're not condemned to all the negativity of the one. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. information that this is your inclination, but right. you have tools and resources and free will. Yeah. I do. I'm just, I guess, feel impatient because there's just, yeah. it's so... All right. Here, yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> and and that's perhaps you want to make a note of that because that's something that sounds to me like a a potential character defect that you'll be dealing with in step six and seven. Okay, thank you, Herb. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that everybody on the call, as an addict, can relate to you. I want the results now because that's what we did with our addiction. It's from my uh, my mom and dad and uh, the, the fighting that they did in front of me when we were lived up north for my first 11 years. Sure. So my self-esteem, uh, was a sensitive child, loving child, kind, wanted to feel safe. I was naive. Um, and my fear was that my parents would get divorced and they'd possibly start hitting each other. Okay, so you're looking at an event that happened when you were 11 or be before that, and these are feelings that you have about that now, yes. right? Yes, All right, so, um, all right, as long as we, we've got the, it's not about your feelings at 11, it's about your feelings now, about when you were at 11. Right, well, that's what I'm saying, right. All right, all right, go ahead then with them. Um, um, the pride, I was the best son ever, nicest kid ever, never did anything wrong. And uh, the, my fear is I was, a, I was basically a scared kid, scared of being alone. All right. Um, the ambition was for them to stop fighting and get along and be loving to each other. And my fear was it, it, it didn't happen and it wasn't gonna happen. Okay. Um, security to be free from fighting um and uh why because it makes me scared and insecure um and then the, my fear was is that the the you know fist fighting would start or something you know that it would get carried away uh personal relations um 
what I expect, how I expect it should be kind, loving, made uh, the children feel safe and secure. And my dad would, and my fear was my dad would leave or, you know, um, they'd get divorced. Um, as far as sex, gender, um, the, ma the male should be the provide security and be the spiritual leader. Um, and my fear was, is that, you know, he was just, you know, catering to what my mom, you know, and, and, and doing what she, you know, dealing with her problems, begging her to come out of the room and doing all that type stuff. Um, and a mother supplies love and nurturing. And she was able to, she was capable of that with us kids, but not with him. Uh, my pocketbook is basically emotional security and uh, felt like, um, you know, felt like that was in jeopardy. And my fear was uh, to be able to, something so that it could be repaired, you know, they could repair it. Okay. Um, so, you know, basically with this, you know, and the reason why I, I have the, one of the reasons why I have the resentments, what is because it's carried into my adult life as far as slamming doors and locked doors and, and all that type stuff, you know, with, if, you know, if I'm in a relationship or something and we were fighting and the door gets slammed, I freak out because I go back to that, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so did, did you surface any of your current beliefs based on this yeah. resentment? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I want, you know, I want to feel safe and secure, even when, when I'm in any relationship. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't, I, you know, I didn't, don't want it to carry into other, other things. I want to, you know, and th this has really helped because I've, I really haven't, I mean, it is a resentment only because I've noticed it happening in my adult life, but it's not something that I was constantly thinking about unless it was happening to me. You know what I mean? Sure. So what are you conscious of now as an adult, as the result of doing this work in terms of your beliefs? Well, I mean, you have to love each other and you, you know, um, no, no, I don't, I don't want any platitudes about what you should be doing. No. What is your belief about should for you? I, I, Dave, should fill in the blank as a result of what you're doing here. What is your, and I'm looking actually for unhealthy beliefs. Have you seen anything about an unhealthy belief here? Yeah, about loving and, and, and um, um, well, I guess I'm not sure how to answer. Okay, all right. Well, let's see. maybe just wait until we see what happens when you do the fourth column. And because that'll bring it up very much current. I'm, uh, I'm not quite sure how to guide you here because you stayed so much in the past you never did bring it into any type of a current perspective surrounding your current anger and resentment. You kept right. it all at the 11 year old level. So I, I would actually suggest that you go back and try to answer it from a current basis. Now, each one of those, it's clear and you did a good job, but take a look at it from the current reference point is 
my self-esteem today based on this event of yesterday about self-esteem and how do I want other people to see me today in light of yesterday. And I think gotcha. we have a, a more current experience of surfacing what the connection is from the 11 year old experience to the later on experience of your current belief systems and how that's influencing it. That's really the point here. All right. Gotcha. I'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. I think you've got a wonderful, strong platform to do it because you've got a lot of just really tangible emotion built into it. All right. Okay. Thank you, Herb. I didn't know that I was that kind of person, you know, and, and now I'm seeing I'm not better than him. I'm not worse than him. I'm not, I'm not less than him. I'm just part of the human race. So I never saw this. And then I'm seeing myself about money in relationships with my family. And um, it's past in relationships with, I think people owe me. They're entitled to take care of me. <laughs> I'm entitled to be taken care of was what I expected. <laughs> but nope. the way you said it is really funny. They're entitled to take care of me. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's this, great. This my belief. Yeah, we got it. And so now I can go and go into this relationship and and it's really hard, but I'm not the greatest person on the world in the world. I have I have I have to learn how to be humble and and I had this attitude that he did, he broke up with me and oh my gosh, well, I egged him on too. And so it's been hard for me to admit who I really am. That's been very, very hard. Right. And, um, I talked to my sponsor last night because I was really beating myself up when I realized yeah. I'm not the most important person in the world when I really think I am, I really do. Yeah. Especially, and so I, she said, just, you know, put on meditation mood and ask for forgiveness, ask for forgiveness, ask to be forgiven. Now I know God forgives me, but I'm having a hard time forgiving me. You're having a hard time forgiving what? Forgiving me. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah. I, I find that when we finish the ninth step, we, we experience, I, uh, I have a different word for forgiveness because it, it's got a lot of baggage, the word forgiveness. When I looked it up in a dictionary, look at my hand. It says in the dictionary, forgiveness is a decision to release them. Just to release them. The prayer of St. Francis says, when I release them, I am released. The Lord's prayer says, when I forgive them or release them from their debt, I am released. So it's a process that doesn't, from my experience, completely unfold until we finish with the ninth step. But how do I release myself? I released him. You, you can't release yourself. I can't. But you can be willing to, you can pray for it, and you can finish your ninth step. And when you finish your ninth step and you look back over your shoulder, you're going to go, oh, wow. I've been released. Okay. That's going to be that's going to be my prediction for you cuz it's my experience. When I resent current boss and former boss for betraying me, lying to me, um, being just basically a pure salesman and then not really uh, uh, saying whatever needed to be said to close the deal. 
Even but, if, but not delivering the goods. Right. Um, All right. And so um, what's your self-esteem? My self-esteem is uh, my deep belief is that I am smart. I am capable and that I, my contributions are valuable. And your fear is? That I'm lying to myself or that they don't see me the same way that maybe those are two different fears. That's excellent. That's right. Okay. Yeah, but you see the two different fears, right? Yeah, but to me, they're connected. Like, well, of course, they're connected, but they're very different. And when you get to the fear inventory, that will be an important distinction to make because you'll analyze both of them because okay. they're two very different perspectives. All right. So, pride. How do you want your fellow co workers to see you being treated by? your boss. I want them to see him happy to see me, happy to have me on the team, valuing, seeking out my counsel on pro on topics and, yep. um, you know, like, like seeking it out, honestly, not just. Oh yeah. You're his favorite go-to absolute wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I am yes. supposed I, to be that. I know. And what's your fear? Oh, that I'm not. <laughs> that's it. It's good. I mean, it's just that, that simple. That's right. And how about ambition? Um, what I want, well, it feels, well, whatever. I want him to value my contribution. I want, yes. I want to feel useful. I don't want to be redundant. And I don't want to be just bossed around. I want to feel I like. I don't want to be ordinary. I want to be his exceptionally good choice out of a hire. Right. Right. And your fear is? That I'm just another, well, actually that he doesn't really value my contributions, that he just yeah. wants me to do what I'm told yeah. and to grovel. Yeah. And I don't want to grovel and I don't want to, you know, kiss ass. I want responsibility and I want people to say thank you for doing such hard, good work. Exactly. Exactly. And you don't consider your paycheck as thank you enough. No. <laughs> unless it was, unless they tripled it, then that might yeah. be enough. Oh, I get it 100%. <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. All right. And um, so personal relations? Well, security. Did we do security? All right. Do security. Why? Uh, what do you need and why? I think this one is really loaded for me. Um, I want a guarantee that he appreciates me um, and that I measure up to his expectations and to the team's expectations. Right. Um, my fear, oh, I need to say why. Um, I think this is really loaded, but it, growing up, you had your value was placed in two, in, in my family. Your value came from two to, you had the, you had the potential have your value come from either your looks as a woman, your appearance, or your smarts. When I got my career, I was like, I'm smart. I'm really good at what I do. So now it's okay if I get old and wrinkly and no longer pretty and young and whatever, you know, if I'm really smart, if I'm really good at what I do, I still have value. Okay. So what's your, and what's your, we got it. What's your fear? And that it's all going away, all of it. That I'm not that smart. I'm going to get old and ugly. I have no value to anybody. All right. 
Personal relations, number four. I feel like we are colleagues and I should get equal treatment, even if he's the attorney and I'm the paralegal. The hierarchy doesn't mean that my contributions or my intellect or my, you know, yeah. pro problem solving skills are any less. Right. No, you, you're, you're surfacing a belief here so that you can take a look at it. It's not right or wrong. You just have to take a look at it and then say, is this in fact healthy and realistic? That's all we're asking. What's your fear? And I'll always be at the bottom of the heap. Okay. All right. No right or wrong answer. There's just a feeling about it. That's right. Gender. What is your belief about men lawyers? He's always going to want to be the boss. And I'm always going to have to be uh, deferring to him. Okay. Um, all right. So that, I'm not sure that gets to the rises to the level of a belief. Okay. Sounds almost like just an opinion to me. So when God made male bosses, <laughs> what was the prototype looked like? What was the model? What was the complete vision ideal in your mind? The ideal or the, the ideal or the reality? Like what do I see? How what do I feel or believe? What do I believe? What do I believe they should be, or what do I believe they are? Should. Well, they should be kind, and they should there. be generous, and they should be gracious. Yes. But they're not. Doesn't matter here. Now, give me your fear. That they're none of those things, and that I'm exactly. never exactly all right never good enough. The, but the, but that's the contrast I'm looking for you to articulate and write down. This is my belief. They should. And my fear is, by observation and experience, they're a, they're a bunch of schmucks. <laughs> it's true. Well, um, whether it's true or not, that's I'm trying to give an example of it. So look through those lenses now at your beliefs about women, women in the workplace especially. We don't stand up for ourselves. Beliefs, that's beliefs, that's not fears, not observations, beliefs. What is your belief about this vision? What would be the ideal woman when you walk in and you go, oh my God, she's my role model because she fill in the blank. She's smart. Mm -hmm. She's, I think most important, she's not afraid to stand up for herself. If she's in a room full of men yep. and you know they're all coming at it with the, the stupid frat boy bro attitude. And she's like, no you know, that's not right, or that's not the only way to look at it. She stands up for it with a well-reasoned argument, not emotional, not, you know, but in, she just goes right back at him. And even though they will probably smash her down, she's okay with it. Wow. All right. Now, you could condense that and take all your emotion out of it. <laughs> that no, you it's really hard to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my husband how hard it is for me to take the emotions out. I'm sure, I'm sure. So, so when you look at the ideal woman, then what's your fear? That will, we won't, we'll uh, get caught up, the woman will get caught up in her emotions and then men will just. What is your fear? I. Oh, my fear is that. I. I fear that when 
The woman is in the room full of men. She'll count. I, when I'm in the room full of men, I, it's I your fear. I won't speak up for myself. There I'll be intimidated by all the testosterone and I'll just like, shut up. But, but you see how I helped you kind of uh, put some perimeters some, uh, on, your, on your own emotion so that you could come up with an analysis here that was pertinent to yourself rather than a shotgun out there spraying it into the world. It's hard because my first thought was, I don't see myself ever being in the room with a bunch of men. I don't see myself ever being thought of as smart enough to ever make it that far. So I had to sort but of- That's a fear. That's yeah. a fear. A fear is I'm not that smart and I won't make it. Yes. So I could talk about other women out there, but it was harder to make it personal about me. It's only harder because you're beginning to own that you have fear. Yeah, I do. Okay. I All right. All right. Okay. So now as you wrote it out and as, well, let's go to pocketbook. What did you write there? That if I don't play the game right, I'll lose my, my earning capacity will be diminished. Yeah. And that I'll be forced to work in jobs that I don't like and I'll be miserable. All right. And okay. And that's your fear too, then. Yes, that's both. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, get it. No. Everything's my fear. But that really ties into my emotional security because it really wrecks me emotionally when I feel like I'm stuck in a job that I don't like or that I'm not respected or doesn't allow me to have certain. Flexibility, mobility, freedom. Um, sure. So. You, know, you have all of those things when you have your own business. Yes. But when somebody else is writing the check, you say, yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. It's true. That's, that's just reality. But even when you have your own business, sometimes you're still supposed to say, yes, sir. And yes, well, that's, that's a different situation. So, um, but know that this is only half of the story, third column. And when you do the fourth column, that will be the complete picture. But the one thing that you said that I knew immediately, sort of the end of the story, is you said, I'm as good as he is. He's an attorney and I'm a paralegal. That's just not true. Sorry. <laughs> All right. That's just not true. Objectively not true. I don't care what you believe. It's just objectively not true. He makes 500 an hour and you make 100 an hour or whatever it is because of the difference in competency. You want to be treated with respect? Absolutely. You want to be treated as a coworker? Absolutely. But never get the fantasy that you're equally as a professional as he is because that's just not true in terms of your contribution to the firm. And if you hold that stance, it's no wonder they got rid of you. So uh, that's that's fourth column kind of stuff, but I wanted to kind of like put, bring a little bit of a reality into the conversation, at least from my standpoint. Okay. Thanks, sir. Uh, when I consider my daughter, Jenny, uh, for not taking better care of her health, um, she's overweight and smoking um, and has two little kids. Uh, my self-esteem, I'm a very wise, wonderful mother, um, a woman always working hard at at making progress on my own health care and setting an example. And my fear is that I have been and am a poor role model for her. My pride, um, others should see Ginny, my daughter, treating me as the most wonderful woman, mother, valuing my 
valuing all my ideas, um, my actions, um, copying my actions, my programs of recovery, asking me what should she do, and then listening to my every word, bragging about me, sending me flowers, accolades, gifts, valuing my, my wisdom and my expertise. And my fear is that my daughter sees me as a fake and a hypocrite. My ambition, I want Ginny to have a healthy lifestyle and lose weight and quit smoking or vaping. And um, yeah, just be there for kids. Um, my fear is that she'll struggle as I have with her weight. She will have a stroke and not be able to care for her children. My security, I need my daughter to have, um, to have health and value herself to the highest degree. Why? So I don't have to worry about her or her two children. And my fear, I'm only concerned about how it reflects on me and, um, and that kind of issue. My personal relations, I expect my daughter, I expect daughters to take care of themselves and to be wise for their children. And my fear is that I'm not wise and I don't care about me. I'm a hypocrite and not a good role model, so why should she? Um, for sex relations, a real ideal man should support and care for their partner. Her partner left her and left her with the two children. That, I don't know if that has relation to why I put that in there. And then what is my fear that they'll only look after themselves. And a real model. What does that mean? Wait, who, who's going to look after themselves? Uh, the, the man. The oh, man okay. in her life. Right. Or in, 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 in just. Their, their responsibilities. Yeah, no, no, I get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Woman. Mm -hmm. And a woman um, um, should always take exquisite care of themselves, physically, mentally, be there for their children. And I wasn't there for my daughter. And I just point. Yeah. Um, and for my value, um, affecting my value, um, my material security, emotional security, and well-being. Um, I I feel that it that I have concern and caring for my daughter, but I'm worrying about her hurting my grandchildren. She's a single mom. I may need to help support her monetarily, and it's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> Um, and the fear uh, ultimately that I'm not caring enough about her in order to change my ways and be the role model for her and take care of myself so that I'm there for her. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. Yeah, there's a lot of moving parts in that. So oh, yeah. <laughs> as you wrote it out and now as you read it out, uh, what's your experience with uh, surfacing any type of unhealthy beliefs? Um, the unhealthy beliefs is the shoulds, um, what other people should do um, so that I'm happy, so that I'm okay. I mean, it's all about me. Um, and I don't know. Well, right now, you just cracked like you did just a little bit ago. There's a truth that's being pointed out to you that's very deep for you. What is that, if you don't mind sharing? Mm. Well, Herb, I, I just lost my son um, on the 10th of January, and I guess that's part of this. Um, oh, my. Yeah. And so then, yeah, I know. I And, um, and so um, I guess I just feel that now I'm putting all this pressure on my other two daughters, you know, and I'm not 
um, I can't do anything about it. I don't know. It's just, it just shows you the powerlessness of it all. And the stupidity of having resentments like this, it's um, really so petty, you know? All right. That's, so I guess. That's what you know, yeah, that's what you're experiencing. Well, that's you're in, really, I shouldn't even have talked tonight. I'm sorry. I meant to. No, email. you should have. You're in, first of all, you, obviously you're aware that you're in grief of losing your son. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. And yeah. you're in, I mean, that's the, it's like the present moment. Exactly. Yeah, but I know that life goes on and I, I need to be there for them too. And I want to get better so that I'm, I don't know. It's like this unrealistic you probably don't expectation. Need to, that I, hmm. You probably yeah. don't need to do anything other than be aware of the feelings that you have and process them. I you don't so, need yeah. to take any action on behalf of anybody other than yourself. This yeah, that's the unrealistic, unrealistic expectations I think I have that if, if I could be all that, then you could protect your kids, you know. Yeah. And that's really the the poor the poor unrealistic beliefs that, that I have. Yeah, it's it, a is, it is. Yeah. So, so you've got um, adult daughters who are yeah. building their own lives, and yeah. You have a you're a caring mother who just needs to really take care of herself at this point, especially for the next year as you process the loss of your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but. Uh, well, you say you know so glibly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's that unrealistic thinking that you could prevent that you're you're all that that you could prevent anything from happening. Yeah. You know, and it's it's really unrealistic. So. Anyway, it it is, but you want to. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so, um, do you have any exposure yeah. to Al-Anon? Yeah, yeah, I belong to Al-Anon, and I go right. to meetings. Mm -hmm. All right. And you have yeah. a sponsor in Al-Anon. Mm-hmm. Right. NFA. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm more more interested in Al-Anon for you at this point because these are people. Mm -hmm are very exposed and experienced in dealing with loss and grief and pain in relationship. So That's it's true. really important. Pick out one or two or three of the very more substantial wisdom women and, and please establish a bridge of connection for yourself for the next six months minimum. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. It will really okay. help you. It won't take the pain away but it will help you process it in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good, thanks. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I resent Melissa. She's my trans daughter's partner. Okay, I resent her for being irresponsible mother and adult. All right. And okay. your uh, self-esteem? Um, I'm a, I'm a strong person who takes actions to help others. I'm a good parent or parent-in-law and um, I'm a good example and, and a good advisor. And uh, fear? Is, um, she must not feel safe around me um, and she doesn't ask for help. Um, but she also knows if she doesn't do anything, I probably will help. So my fear is that Maybe she's not doing anything because she knows I'll step in and help. Okay. All right. And um, pride? Um, I want Melissa to treat 
as a person that she can come to for help, advice, counseling that she feels safe around. And the fear is that, you know, she won't get help for herself and, uh, or for her children. So the fear is that, uh, yeah, that she's not gonna get any help. Yeah. Uh, my ambition, what I want to happen, um, I, I don't want to feel like I will need to step in to help. And yeah, I don't want to feel like I need to step in. And your fear? Um, no, that won't happen. I'll see a need and I'll step in. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ambition, I mean, there's uh, uh, security. The security is that I need Melissa to, to take responsibility for herself and her children. Why? Because I don't want her to be dependent on me financially, uh, mostly. And your fear? Uh, that she and she's a burden emotionally and financially on our on my family on me. Mm -hmm. uh, personal relations is, um, you know, I expect, you know, adult relationships, whether they're male or female to be healthy with strong boundaries with healthy boundaries. And your fear is? Uh, she won't change. And it'll always be this emotional financial burden. And, you know, I, my fear is I will step in. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, don't do that. Right. Um, so I expect, uh, rather, you know, the sex relations, whether, you know, that men and women for that matter are self-sufficient and can care for their families as adult when they're adults. And, um, my fear is that I'll need to support this family. Uh, the pocketbook is, you know, my inner peace and, uh, and my finances uh, is affected and, uh, you know, that the other adults do not care for the needs, especially of the children, um, as much as I do. So, and, you know, the belief system I have is that family helps family. Yeah. And is that, is that your fear also? It is. It's the, uh, you know, it's a blessing or curse. Um, she is the partner of a, my youngest who has special needs, who I have had to really work hard since toddlerhood. Yep. Um, and uh, so it is, there's a lot of emotional and financial impact on it. And sure. I am always balancing stepping in and not stepping out. There's, you know, yep where that balances and you know I, and I just see that you know she's irresponsible so, uh, so um so if you were to look then and, and sort of summarize from your writing and now your reading of it our dialogue about it oh uh, what's your belief well I, I believe I'm going to go to my library and read Melody Beatty again because I read that like 10 years ago <laughs> Exactly. Good. Yeah. That would be my number one recommendation for you. Yeah, you know. all, all throughout what you indicated it was you used every word about codependency other than the word codependency. Yeah. Well, I, I see it for what it is. And, yeah. yeah, you do. Of course. And I, and I, my thoughts are one thing, my behavior is another, but I, uh, everything out of, uh, in me wants to just take action. And, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It doesn't stop me from being really pissed off that, ah, you know, being an adult <laughs> in my head, just yeah. I can't yeah. talk to her about it. Yeah. Um, and, have you begun the practice of prayer for the removal of deep resentment? I have. I actually took that out and I'm, I made a copy and wrote down every person's name on their own little copy. to say. There you go. There I you go. On their, their column. <laughs> Oh, no, that's that's great. I can tell that you're you're involved. You've got some traction with it. Uh, a couple questions that will be helpful as you begin the fourth column is, uh, you, and you don't need to answer them now, although it probably would be helpful just in the general conversation. How old is your daughter? My youngest is twenty, going to be twenty nine May May first, March first. She, she's the one in the relationship that you're talking about. Correct. And uh, how old is Melissa? Is the person? Yep, she's the same age. They're right. both the same age. And and uh, do they live with you or live on their own? Oh, they live on their own. Okay. Uh, yeah, so they. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> but guess who helped with that? Uh, well, that's your choice. Yeah, that was, and actually, that was a really good choice. No one's living with me. <laughs> oh, I see. There you go. Yeah, my husband. I get it. A hundred percent. Okay, so you're gonna have a. A reinforce, you're not going to have a new experience, I don't believe, with fourth column, because you've already had it. All all throughout your reading of the third column, you were totally in touch with the underbelly of the motives and and, and the unhealthiness of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, you were quite clear about that. So you're going to just reinforce all of that in the fourth column, and perhaps it also will give you some clarity as to about what will be the healthy course of action for you? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Wonderful. All right. I need help. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Keep us in the loop. That's a good story. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. I resent myself because I was asked to leave work for an incident that happened because, so I don't know if it's the parent that I resent, but it's really me because I discussed sexual behavior and the parent asked for me to not teach the course and so who are you resentful at myself because I feel like I'm stuffed up okay I see I I made I I feel like I made a mistake and I'm angry with myself for putting myself in this situation yeah okay got it all right what's your self-esteem I'm a brilliant teacher and um yeah, I'm a brilliant teacher, I'm trustworthy and conscious. And your fear? Um, I'm crap, I'm inappropriate, I don't have the right boundaries and can't do it. Okay. No right or wrong answer. Those are just your feelings about it. What's your pride? How do you want other people to see you teaching your classes? Um. Uh, I'm, I'm clear, I'm solid, I'm perfect, I don't make mistakes, I'm courteous, I'm correct. <laughs> yeah. All right, you say that as you really mean it, all right, and your fear? Um, uh, I'm rough, I'm unemployable, I'm inappropriate, I'm a criminal, I'm a sex offender, which I'm not, but you know, they're the oh, it's a feeling. It's, it's not the truth. It's not reality. It's just a feeling. It's okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah it's really uncomfortable yeah. scenario that happened. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Ambition, what do I want to happen? Um, I don't know if that means about the situation or what what do I want like I, I, I want it to be resolved. Well, this is a resentment that you have toward yourself for being inappropriate. All right. So what is I your want, ambition? I want to talk to the pair. Oh, what is my ambition? Um, I put here to be, to be wanted, to be loved, to be seen as the best, the coolest, the most open, the most approachable teacher. All right. And your fear is? I can't work with people and I'm not that. I stuff everything up. Okay. Yeah. One of the thoughts that came to me as an ambition was, <clears throat> I want to not make gross mistakes. Yes. Well, that's a, that's a something. Yeah. Not make gross mistakes. Not make any mistakes, really. And the, and the fear is, I'm, I'm a mistake machine. Yes. Okay. All right. So you're becoming more conscious of it. Um, let's try to finish. Um, security. Okay. Security. I need, oh, uh, security. What do I need in order to be okay? I need the parents to call me and to say, I understand. Did you answer why? Why I can't do, uh, why? Because I, because I need, I said I can't do any wrong. <laughs> okay. Because I can't exaggerate. No, that's, that's, that's your answer. It's not right or wrong. It's just your answer. All yeah. Right. So um, what's your fear? Because I can't concentrate and I can't. Oh, yeah. I, what's your fear? My fear is um, uh, overstepping the line, being dumb, upsetting others, being hated, being disrespected, not being trusted. Yeah. Um, and really, oh yeah, okay. And Personal really, relations. Ne never, never being able to be employed. Never being yeah. able to work with people. Yeah. yeah. Just being like a complete fuck up, like a complete yeah. ostracized from your career. Uh, uh, community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, something for personal relations. Um, uh, how do I expect this relation to be clear, solid, confident, safe? And um, your fear? Um, oh, I just kind of, it's all the same. Okay. You want to say it, what it is? That, uh, that I'm not, that, that I'm, um, that, that I'm, I, I'm, I suppose it would be that I'm, I don't know the words, that, that I'm dubious, that I'm, uh, okay. like someone might think, oh, we're unsure about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's um, not really competent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Gender relations. Gender relations. Um, what is my belief about women? Um, that women should be calm, should be intelligent, aware. They should be godly and, and always comforting. All right. And your fear is? Um, uh, just that I'm, that I'm not, that, that, that. I'm yeah. none of those things. I'm not those. Yeah. All right. Pocketbook. Um, 
uh, what it, it, it um, nothing should interfere or affect or lessen my um, my inner peace, my pocket, my 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 inner peace. Uh, yeah, just all of those things. Yeah, and and also the method I use for my livelihood. Nobody yeah. should get in my way. Yeah, and your fear is? Yeah, like I'll never be employed again. I'm doomed. Yeah. I'm a failure. I'm yeah. not employable and I'm blacklisted. Okay, all right. And, and fear that I, I um, fear of, like, my feelings. Fear of I, what? My feelings. Yeah. That my, like, the feelings that come up as a result of being so sensitive that I won't be able to get back on the horse again. Yeah, yeah, and 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 um, that I might have to fight for myself, like yeah, yeah. There's a bit yeah. of fear about that. Yeah. So as you... having to convince somebody or or to reassure, yeah. I just want to be able to, you know, just get it, guys. That's not where I was coming from. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, uh, intentions are interesting. <laughs> intentions are interesting, but irrelevant in light of behavior. Behavior is the only thing that counts in the outside world. Intention yeah. is the only thing that counts on the inside world. Yeah. So, yeah. And yeah. You're talking so, what's your, so what's your experience in writing it out now and reading it out in terms of your beliefs? Well, the beliefs about myself is that I, I have pretty low self-esteem. Um, I'm not sure what it is. I don't know whether you do or not. Um, well, I, I don't know. What do you mean by that? Well, but it, it's just what do, what do you get from doing that third column? And you've done other third columns. What, what do you see about your own current belief system? I, I don't know. Can okay. just, I, hold, just hold the question and maybe review that whole thing in meditation and prayer to see. So what what is the belief that is undermining me because it's not about a belief that's true it's a, a, a belief that's delusional or a belief that's demented spend some time with it and and review it with your sponsor and and in prayer and and just to, and maybe take a look at other third columns that you did to see if there's any echo in those third columns in terms of something similar about a, a corrupt or or delusional belief system. That's all. Okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Let's close with the serenity prayer. What can I influence? What can't I influence? I really need wisdom to see the truth. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference.